This is the Pirate Radio Podcast. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast. While you will hear a variety of voices on this podcast, my name is Mac McCarthy, and I am glad to be the one with you on this platform today. I call this version of Pirate Radio Podcast IMO, in Mac's opinion, and I do have some heartfelt points of view after working in college athletics for half a century. That seems like forever, but it has actually flown by because I have never considered any of my positions real jobs. My career has been much more of a passion, and I love talking about all aspects of this profession. After coaching Division I basketball for over 30 years, I transitioned into administration for a few years, and while technically now retired, I still stay very active consulting with coaches, administrators, and appearing on radio shows, podcasts, as well as being a television color analyst for a variety of networks. I've been very fortunate to have crossed paths and become friends with so many great folks during my time, from players to coaches, administrators, media members, boosters, etc., You will at some point hear from all those different groups on IMO and be exposed to a diverse set of opinions as well as some incredible success stories. And speaking of incredible success stories, have we got one for you today in the person of Dr. John Mosley, the president of Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. John, a longtime friend, has a bachelor's degree from East Carolina University, a master's from East Carolina University, and a doctorate from the University of Missouri. But that brief biography is only the part of the headline of a truly remarkable and maybe even unlikely story that we are going to get into today. Some of you might be privy to this story, and some of you might know John from his multiple stops at ECU, but today we're going to peel back the layers of that great journey of a very good friend. In the interest of full disclosure, John and I talk fairly regularly, so this might sound like you're listening in on a couple guys talking on the phone, and that's good. That's what we want it to be like. Mr. President, John Mosley, welcome to the show. Coach, thank you so much for, for having me on. It's, uh, I just get the chills just hearing you say that. It's, uh, it's a surreal experience for me, and, uh, and I look forward to, to just talking through it today. Well, I appreciate you taking time. I know you've got a ridiculously busy schedule. And uh, before we get started with all the regular stuff, bring us up to date. How's the family? How's Crystal and Jillian and everybody doing? Everybody's good. My wife, Crystal, is a two-time pirate as well. Uh, her, her bachelor's and master's, and ironically, uh, a doctorate from Mizzou as, as well. And, and uh, I didn't get a chance to copy her paper in any of those stops. So <laughs> we both did pretty well for ourselves. Being two two kids from Eastern North Carolina, um, and 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 going on this amazing journey, and now Jillian's in the eighth grade, and uh, school's underway out here. Has been for two weeks now, and uh, man, she is uh, she's just been growing like a weed, and uh, developing her own passion for athletics, and and uh, doing really good in school as well. So we're excited. Well, talking about Eastern North Carolina, let's go back to the very beginning, growing up in Warrington, North Carolina. I've been there. Uh, you, it's not the end of the earth, but you can see it from there. <laughs> you know, we have to pipe in some sunshine from time to time, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a really neat place. Uh, I'm very thankful uh, that, that I grew up there. Um, it's a, it's a place that taught me so many of the values that I still hold true right now uh, that has helped me get to this point in my career and really be the person that I am. And so uh, Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, where I'm at now, I mean, when you think about the start there in Warren County, uh, I fully believe that somebody's been helping prepare every step along the way. Um, I was an Eagle. Uh, will that forever be a Warren County Eagle? We talk about a <laughs> of athletics from a small community. And I wasn't one of those great athletes. I just they, they, the coaches tolerated me, but um, it, it put me on my path uh, to, to appreciate the, the role of athletics and really in life. Talk about the athletic start to your career in high school. Man, I uh, I played football. I played basketball. I played baseball my freshman year and um, gave it up after that. Uh, you know, I was a I was a basketball junkie really from uh, probably about the fifth grade on. I mean. You know, dreams of being Division One athlete, uh, absolutely loving the game. Uh, I worked as hard as I think anybody, but uh, it didn't take long to realize as, as, as high school ended and I was pursuing opportunities to play beyond. Um, I'd got recruited Division Two and Division Three. Ironically, I ended up a Division Two coach, but for me, that really wasn't 
what I wanted out of life. I had a sister that was two grades ahead of me. Um, she was already a student at East Carolina, and so uh, I took a I took a visit down to Chowan um, with Coach Burke. And uh, man, Chowan Chakawinity had one Hardee's, which is what Warren County had. And I'm like, man, I just want something a little bit more than Hardee's at this point in life. And plus, Coach Burke's son was going to be a freshman the same year I would have been. And uh, I know Coach Burke was. Uh, he was living with, with the other freshman's mother, and so I didn't want to compete with him for playing time. So I decided to go to East Carolina and had every aspiration of walking on. Uh, East Carolina had just went to the tournament in 93. Uh, man, luckily for me, they were renovating Menji's Coliseum, and so they didn't even bother doing tryouts that year because I would have really embarrassed myself. <laughs> uh, and then Joe Dooley gave me an opportunity. Uh, he asked me what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to coach why don't you become a student manager? But we've got enough this year, so we don't need anybody else. And, uh, I was, uh, I've been persistent my whole life. Um, I went to the basketball office at East Carolina every Friday for the entire year to just stop by, say hello. Uh, they had enough managers my freshman year, and, and fortunately uh, in the summer of my, my – going into my sophomore year, they asked me to work basketball camp, and I just kind of took advantage of a great opportunity isn't that amazing? The uh, you know, you you, uh, you know my story too. Where uh, you know that there was no way that I was going to get my foot in the door, uh, you know, without knocking on that door. And uh, uh, we both kind of did some of the similar things. You know, not quite good enough to play where we went to school. Did you you, you mentioned your sister being in at East Carolina two years ahead of you? But did you did you grow up an East Carolina fan before that? Uh. I would say I would say no. You know, I had a cousin that's uh, maybe seven years older. Uh, that that was the first of our our family to go to East Carolina that I was aware of, and that that's when it was really introduced to me. Um, until that point, I, I you know it was ACC. Uh, I'd been a hoops junkie forever, um, and so it was uh, that that kind of gave me the exposure. And we got a chance to go down and visit once while uh, while he was in college, and. Um, I went to a football Saturday and just felt the energy, and it was, you know, more people than obviously it's more people at the football game <laughs> than it was in Warren County. Yeah. And so uh, you just wondered kind of where you're at. Um, I, my, our parents did a great job. I'm the youngest of three. My older brother went to uh, UNC. Not everybody can make good decisions in life, but uh, <laughs> he went to UNC and he did really well. He walked onto the football team there for Dick Crum for a while. Um, and, and so I, I went to UNC games. Um, but they did a good job of just exposing us. And, and we we're first-generation college students. Uh, my parents didn't go to four-year colleges. And so uh, I, being the youngest of three, you know, my siblings kind of set the stage for us as far as the expectations of, of achieving academically and going to college. So uh, my sister and I were close. So when she went down, I got to go down and hang out a few more weekends. And I think I actually went out more in Greenville before I went to college there than I did after I got enrolled there as far as going downtown and visiting fun spots and uh, it just really wasn't what I enjoyed doing until uh, or after I got there. It was prior to, but uh, I settled into a routine and just made great friends and great relationships and really coach. Uh, again, today, just being a, having a chance to visit with you is just an example of those kind of relationships and the people that you meet through East Carolina University. Well, meeting people and, and being around the right people certainly is a big part of uh, for, of anybody's career and, um, and and eventually success. But all right, you're working you're working for Joe Dooley, working with Joe Dooley. What 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 is going on in your mind? I mean, are you already set? This this is what I want to do, kind of thing. It was, you know, I felt uh, honestly in wanting to be a coach and, and kind of uh, coming to grips with, uh, with your athletic ability. That, that's a, that's one of the harder things to, to, to admit to yourself early on, but it, it didn't take very long. A couple of days to pick up. Uh, first time <laughs> we went to shirts and skins in summer school of my freshman year. Uh, one of the players who remains a friend today, Tony Parham said, man, are you here for cross country? And that's how skinny I was. And, uh, <laughs> and so I knew right away that the athletic ability wasn't going to, wasn't going to get me up and down the court. Uh, I just, I've always loved basketball. I've loved uh, being around it. And uh, I, I was a step slow, but I'd always been a coach on the floor when I played. I played quarterback. I played point guard um, just because I could run a team. And so I knew that I, knew that I had that part of it. And, uh, and to Dooley's credit and the staff, I mean, I, I work with a tremendous staff, Marty McGillan, Lou Hill, um, Sweet Lou, rest in peace, um, Lane Odom. Uh, Robert Sykes were, were guys that were just influential in teaching me how to do things the right way. 
and uh, just being around the game every day. I got to be in the locker room with the players. I knew what they were complaining about, but then I got to sit in the back of the coach meetings and not say a word. Uh, I, you know, servant leadership began at that point. I mean, I've always taken the approach: there's nothing beneath me, and there's really nothing above me. I'll, I'll wipe your sweat, I'll wash your uniforms, I'll also draw you a game-winning play if that's what you need. It's whatever the moment needs. If if you ask me for it, and sometimes you don't even have to ask, I'm willing to to just provide. And so it's uh, the, the the life lessons. I'm six four. Many people at this point in life now, 40, 46 years old. Many people assume that at my height, when I say. Uh, I was around the game or I went to East Carolina. They, they usually assume that I played, and I don't tell them any different unless they ask. And I'll <laughs> because I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I was a college basketball manager. Uh, I don't think many people understand the sacrifices that, that the managers make and the impact that they have on a program behind the scenes. And so uh, I'm extremely appreciative of, uh, of what being a manager provided for me. Uh, I volunteered for a year. My second year, I think I got 1000 bucks per semester. Uh, by my third year, I was on full scholarship, just like our best player. And uh, and then Joe asked me to stick around and get my master's degree. All the assistants left, and we had a whole new group of assistants come in uh, after my senior year when I completed my bachelor's. And Joe said, hey, I'll, I'll pay for you to get your master's if you stay and help us out. And so I did it. And um, it was a great decision. It's probably one of the worst decisions of my life was how quickly I did it. I did it in 13 months. And, and grad school at East Carolina was one of my favorite periods of time in my life. But um, – you know, you, then I got to meet people like Jimmy Grimsley, uh, who served as my advisor for that program. And, man, just remained a, a, a monster uh, influence in my life um, throughout the rest of his. And even today, in his absence, uh, some of the things that he and I got to talk about it, meeting at his office at 7 o'clock in the morning before work actually started. Uh, you know, he served as a role model as much as he served as an advisor. And, and so I, I, I've just been I've just been so blessed. Um meet so many great people none of us get to where we are uh no matter what level we're at uh, with, without being around those folks that have a big influence on us so you uh you're a ga you finish up uh any way to advance on that staff or have you started networking what what's your next move well uh i, I went up to sunny vaccaro down in uh san antonio at the final four um Man, I just had nerves of steel at that point. And said, "Hey, I want to work you back." <laughs> uh, and crazy because Jumping Joe Dooley was a Jersey guy, knew Sonny, and we were in Adidas school at the time. But I didn't get the opportunity. And then fast forward a year, you know, I certainly had aspirations of coaching right away at the college level. Um, when I finished my master's in '99, uh, I actually went down to, to Furman University for a little bit and. Uh, thought I was going to be a grad assistant kind of deal or uh, it ended up being a volunteer position where there were no managers so you got to do all of that but I had an opportunity to come back to East North Carolina I went down to Robertsonville uh, to coach at Roanoke High School the then Roanoke High School and uh, worked for a great guy uh, Robert Calfee down there um, and, and man Coach Calfee was great to me he coached women's basketball I got to coach both varsity and JV boys uh, I taught uh, at the school um it was a really neat year, but I had to teach environmental science for the year. And uh, this is fun, too. Uh, I, I taught environmental science for the year at the end of the school year. Uh, I, my, my major was physical education. Uh, I, I, we went to the final four in the state. Uh, I lost to East Carolina. I made it back to East Carolina my first year as a high school coach. And uh, for the regionals, man, it was fun. It was awesome to be back in Menjis, and they let me. Uh, the, the, the staff let me use the, the, the pin locker room for my team. And, man, what a, what a great time. Jimmy Grimsley ran the clock. I mean, it was just awesome. So many things coming together in your life. And at the end of the school year, uh, the superintendent called me in, and uh, he said, hey, I, I, you know, I don't have any PE jobs. Um, you're welcome to stay on. I'll pay for you to go back if, you, if you'll get your science degree. And without batting an eye, uh, and it's crazy because, again, life is just, is just really weird. I graduated with this guy's daughter in Warren County in 1994, and now it is, it, it's, it's the year 2000, and he says to me, I'll pay for you to go get your degree in science, and without blinking an eye, I said, hey, with all due respect, if I go back from science, for science, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm not going to be a, a teacher. And uh, so that was my time at, uh, at Roanoke, and then I ended up back at East Carolina and working in the academic, uh, uh, athletic academics, and uh, taught freshmen. Um, athletes, the, the intro classes, and had uh, had men's and women's swimming, 
for academic registration, and, and uh, that was the most boring job I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> uh, it was an eight to five. Most people loved it, but uh, man, I Jimmy Grimsley sent me an email one day, and the internet was just really getting started. And when I clicked the link in the email, these stars came up on the screen and it said, you've reached the end of the internet. And that's really how I felt because all my time was just spent just on the net, seeing what was out there, um, because I could get my job done in about three hours in the morning. And so, uh, and then fortunately at the end of that year, um, David Henderson, a guy from my hometown, um, had become the head coach at Delaware a year before, and he had a vacancy on his staff and, uh, East Carolina was playing in baseball down in Kinston, um, and I didn't get a chance to go to the game because I ended up uh, having a conversation with uh, David, and he brought me up right away to the University of Delaware, and that's really when I, I got to launch my college coaching career. Uh, that was the last year of, of uh, the third assistant couldn't recruit off campus, and so I didn't get a chance to recruit off campus that year, but uh, he gave me a chance. Um, I'd been married at that point. Chris and I got married in 2000. I tell people I did that so I can always remember how long I've been married. And uh, and so uh, David gave me a chance to come up. Um, so Chris and I moved to Delaware in 2001, and uh, I spent two years up there um, with them with the Fighting Blue Hens. And uh, another really neat place to live. And uh, I was there for September 11th. Um, always remember, you know, we kind of remember where we are in major events, but we, we had just finished a workout, and we had people from Newark Delaware that would catch the train into the city every day to go to work and so unfortunately some of our donors uh, lost lost kids um, in, in the September 11th attacks so that's uh, that was my next stop and then I ended up back in Warren County of all places uh, Crystal had come back Crystal was a North Carolina teaching fellow which meant if she taught in the state of North Carolina for four years after completing her degree in East Carolina they would they would pay for her degree basically and so she had already gone back in year two of Delaware made it really easy for me to make a decision after my second year there to go back and be with her. And so we ended up, I uh, ended up teaching and coaching at my, at my, uh, high school, my alma mater. And it was, uh, one experience. We went to the state championship in 2005 for the first time in 23 years. Uh, they won a state championship in 82 when the school opened with David Henderson as a player. And then I got a chance to go back there and coach and we lost in the state championship game, but what an experience I got to coach again at East Carolina at that point. Um, on that trip uh, to, to the state championship. And uh, I was just riding high. Um, and then and then the break, Brad Brownell gave me a chance to go to Wright State to get me back into college basketball. I really I really missed college. Um, you don't have to wait for rides when you get back after a game for college athletes like you do high school athletes. So, do you, did you know Brad from the CAA? Is that where you all cross paths? So uh, I knew Brad uh, somewhat from the CAA, but Marty McGillan was Brad's assistant there. And oh, yeah. He, Marty was there at East Carolina when I got my start. And so uh, Marty knew how hard I worked. Uh, I went into a non-coaching position. Um, I took about a fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 pay cut from being a public school teacher. So you can imagine what I was making at that point <laughs> wow. uh, to just get my foot back in the door. I actually worked. I served as an administrative assistant which is, uh, uh, you know, a non-coaching position. I actually had to work for men's and women's basketball. Uh, each one of them paid me $13,000 each. Uh, I had to answer the phone, stuff, uh, stuff uh, envelopes, um, kind of help with mail outs. Uh, but I got to go to the men's practices, and I got to travel with the men's team. Um, and that was a really cool year. Uh, we caught lightning in a bottle first year up there. Uh, Brad's a phenomenal coach, and, and we ended up uh, beating Butler twice that year we beat them at home in the regular season we ended up uh winning the regular season championship and so we got to host the horizon league championship uh, on our campus and uh so we beat butler twice that year that was just before their magnificent run and uh and so we beat them in the championship game it was my first trip to the ncaa tournament and man i just had i just had the basketball joint it was just in my blood at that point so you you've made it back to Division One. You're with a quality guy. What is the next step for John Mosley? Because you want to be a head well, coach, right? That's what you're thinking. That's what you're thinking, right? And so being in a non-coaching position, the next goal for me was to get on the sideline to be an assistant. And so uh, at the conclusion of that season, um, I got a call from uh, a friend, Richard Morgan, uh, who had coached uh, at East Carolina. Um, he was there Joe's last year. He stayed on with Billy Herrian. And uh, he had a buddy, uh, Bobby Collins, that was the head coach at Winston-Salem State. And so uh, 
he said Bobby was, was needed uh, another assistant, and uh, job paid it paid more than what I was making, and put me on the road, it put me back in North Carolina. And the, the year that I was at Wright State, Crystal couldn't get a job teaching in Ohio. She taught elementary PE, so she ended up teaching in Warren County. So this gave us a chance to be in the same state, to be in the same house, and to explore options for her to get jobs in Winston-Salem. And lo and behold, Coach, uh, I talked to Brad about it. Brad was fully on board with it. Uh, we went running around. our. We, we had uh, an amazing facility up there, and we we're, were jogging one day, just getting the workout in. I told him about the opportunity. He talked me through it, and he said, hey, you've got to take this position. And um, so I, I agreed to do so. Bobby offered me the opportunity. Um, the night before I leave, I called Brad to just thank him for everything that he had done for me. And he said, hey, could you stop by the office in the morning before you go? And uh, and so I did so. And uh, he tells me the next morning there was a guy over me in a non-coaching position, the director of basketball operations. He goes, hey, he's interviewing for a job uh, this week. And if he gets that job, I'd really like for you to stay and be our uh, ops guy. And I said, man, <laughs> coach, this is this is really, really tough. Uh, at this point, Crystal's really excited. You know, she's, we've got a chance to be back together um, in the same house, so to speak. And uh, and so I said, Coach, I, I think I'm going to go to North Carolina. And I, I go to Winston-Salem State, drive down. It's common in college athletics for you to take a job and start right away. And you, Sometimes your paperwork's not in place. So I started right away. I get, I get to Winston. I jump into the office. I'm ready to make calls. I'm ready to get recruiting. And the AD says, hey, you got to go home. You can't be here. Your paperwork's not done. And so uh, I go through that first week at Winston. Uh, I'm, there on a, I'm there on a Monday. On, on uh, Tuesday, they send me home. On Wednesday, I just kind of hang out. I'm walking around Haynes Mall in Winston-Salem. And, I, and Bobby calls, and, I, and he goes, hey, man, it's going to take a little bit on your paperwork. And I said, well, tell you what, I'm going to give you until Friday at 5, or I'm going to go back to, to Wright State. And uh, I talked to Brad throughout the process. And uh, I went to Warren County. I hung out with my parents. I got to see Crystal. And uh, they literally called me on Friday afternoon at 445. Uh, and the business manager said, hey, I've got your contract right here. You'll be all squared away when you get here on Monday. <laughs> and so uh, that's really how, I mean, it, it went down to the wire. I didn't know on Friday at 430 if I was going to be in the car back to Ohio or whether I was going to be headed to Winston-Salem. We ended up there. Love Winston-Salem. Um, Great city, uh, great people there as well. Had a really good experience. At that point, Winston-Salem State was transitioning from D2 to D1. They later they later decided not to go that route, but that year we played at the full Division One schedule. We played all over the country. We were basically an independent at that point. We were uh, trying to get into the MEAC, and so we played a lot of folks. And, um, and then that year at the Final Four, uh, Kristen, I forget where it was at, but uh, man, I was I was in the airport for a while. I ran into this guy named Mac McCarthy, and uh, we talked for quite a while. Uh, Crystal went on to our gate and, sat and, and, and was waiting for me, and I got down there, and it, it, I mean, we had to coach. We had to talk for 30, 40 minutes, and uh, I don't even know if you remember that. And I got down there, and um, so Crystal, I said, I felt like I just got interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the intent, but that's just kind of how the conversation went, how things are going, and what do you do? Um, man, I, you know, I felt, I was like, and, and you had nothing open. I'm like, I felt like I got interviewed, and so, uh, you know, I get through, get busy with the spring, and, and get through recruiting, and we signed some good players that year uh, at Winston, and then I get a call out of the blue from uh, Eastern North Carolina legend Billy Parker tells me that. Mac McCarthy's got a director of basketball operations job available. And, uh, and man, you and I had some conversations. I talked to Mike Perry during that process as well. Um, funny story now, my wife loved Winston. She, she had a great job at an elementary school there that she really liked. And um, I'm debating because here it is again. I'm taking another significant pay cut to come down, go back to East Carolina if I take this job. And so she and I talked about it, and uh, I've got – I've got a tremendous wife, which I know you do too. But man, I, I feel like I hit the wife lottery. So, uh, <laughs> you did. You did. Afternoon, and uh, and we're talking, and she goes, "I go, well, babe, what what should we do?" And she goes, "I, I don't care. I'm going for a run. Whatever you want to do, I'm fine." And so uh, she goes on a run. You and I talk. Uh, I accept the position. She comes back from her run, and uh, she goes, "What did you decide?" I said, "Well, I took the job," and she starts crying. 
And I'm like, ooh, boy, this is going to be fun. <laughs> but she was 100, 100% support uh, of the decision. But but certainly there was a part of her that she's like, man, we just got established here. We had a beautiful home. Um, you know, but she she allowed me to chase my dream. Uh, and you gave me an unbelievable opportunity to go back to a place. I get choked up thinking about it. Uh, East Carolina has been so, so much of an influence in my life. Um, through the people that I've met, the relationships that have been built, really it's a place that allowed me to grow from a boy to a man. And so uh, you don't know what you did for me and giving me that opportunity, but I tried to reward you by absolutely working my rear end off. And, um, and when we, you know, financially you knew it was a sacrifice for me, but you said, hey, here's some things you can do, and here's some things with camp you can do. And, man, those things stuck with me throughout my time as a coach. And when I did finally get an opportunity, I made sure that I treated people the way you treated me. And um, I don't know. I think you know because I try to tell you every darn time we talk to you how much it means to me. But uh, it was just a big deal. And so I come down there for a year in a non-coaching position as your ops guy. Uh, man, we traveled all over the place. Um some lessons I wish I hadn't learned as much from you because, man, diners, drive-ins, and dives became a big part of that <laughs> trip. And I, I get such an appreciation for not just food, but quality food in local places that I, I still, you know, I, st- I still take those lessons today as well. And um, and so, you know, after that first year, uh, Daryl LaBerry, great guy, great coach, um, got his opportunity at Georgia Tech, and there was absolutely nothing promised to me. Uh, it was really late in the summer when, when Daryl got that opportunity, and then you gave me a chance to be an assistant coach at a place that, I mean, that was an dr- absolute dream come true to finally become uh, an assistant coach at East Carolina. And, uh, man, what a wild ride, Coach. Yeah, it was. It was. And and you left out interviewing before that with Ricky Stokes uh, when he was the head coach. And uh, uh, I need to tell that story because you came in there with, uh, you know, at, at that point you mentioned uh, the Internet earlier, but things were just happening with with uh, graphics and, and, and those kinds of things where people had a lot more access to, to being creative. And you had done a, an entire mock-up of uh, a recruiting proposal from, from East Carolina with uh, with all the all the folks in place and uh, it was really really impressive and after you interviewed with with Coach Stokes as you were leaving I said uh, can I hang on to that and you said if you hire me I'll bring it back <laughs> yeah, that, that was gutsy <laughs> and uh, man, I, I walked into the office that day I mean I had just come off of a state championship appearance I mean this is my alma mater I'm feeling really good about it I feel like I got a chance I'm like man I might have a chance to go back to East Carolina at this point I got a chance and so I walk in the conference room door is open uh, in the basketball suite where where uh, you guys had the dry race board and I go to sit down um, I, I, I think it was Beth was working the desk and she goes hey coach will be with you in just a minute and I go to sit down and when I sit down, the door to the conference room is open and the whiteboard's right ahead. And, and, and there's a list of assistant coaches, candidates. And uh, I, think, I think your listeners appreciate this. And on the list of candidates, I'm not even on the list. And, you got, and they're, they're, they're ranked out. And I, I promise this is a true story. They're ranked out. I'm not even on the list. So at that point, I say to myself, man, this is nothing more than a courtesy interview. And so in some regards... My competitive kicked in. My competitiveness kicked in, and I'm like, man, screw this. I'm gonna have a lot of fun right here today. And so I just, it gave me, it gave me a level of confidence that day that I probably wouldn't have had had I not had I not seen it. And so, uh, in fact, Katie's graduation. You were getting ready to leave for Richmond for your daughter's graduate high school graduation. And yeah, obviously, yeah. Katie became a, a really important part of our life, and and we'll eventually uh, we'll get to that when when Jillian was born, but. Um, Man, it gave me such a gusto that I I would I wouldn't have had the courage to say that to any of you. Well, hey, if you if you want this, if you hire me, I'll bring it back. <laughs> I'm not even on this board now. I love East Carolina enough that I, if it hadn't happened, I probably would have left it there. But I'm like, no, I ain't leaving these jokers nothing. And then uh, you know, again, two years later, uh, or about four years later, I guess uh, maybe five. You know, uh, our paths crossed again, and you gave me an opportunity to come back. So I don't blame you for that bad decision, but man, that door being open, 
it, it, it certainly it, it certainly threw a little thing in there for me. I'm like, man, this is a straight dig right here. Well, you uh, you made enough of an impression that I knew when I, you know if, if uh, the opportunity uh, presented itself that uh, that I was going to get you hired back somehow. But uh, and and you know fortunately for me that that did work out. All right, so you're at East Carolina. Next step, you're still wanting to be a head coach. You've been a full time assistant now, and what happens to you next? Man, uh, talk about a wild summer. Um, I think every every young person that wants to get into coaching, I, I I wish more of them could hear stories like this because we look on TV and we see these successes, and we all think that that could be us, and we and it can be. But the journey to get to that success, uh, there's so many journeys like mine. But uh, uh, in the spring of that uh, that that spring, when 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 you made the decision to to transition into uh, administration, um, we go through the spring. Uh, Lebo comes in. Uh, here's the crazy part. I, I, my brother went to UNC, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I think Lebo was a year ahead of him. I wore number 14 all throughout high school because of Jeff Lebo. Uh, he was my favorite college player. And uh, I, I couldn't see myself being Michael Jordan, but I could see myself for some reason being Jeff Lebo. And uh, and so then uh, Lebo gets his job from Auburn. Uh, I'm sitting in front of him uh, on, on uh, one afternoon. I think it's like Friday. I'd already had my stuff packed under my my, uh, my desk because I just know how these these transitions go. And Jeff tells me that he's bringing his own guys, and I, I and I say to him, I go, "Man, this is amazing. How many guys can say they get fired by their favorite player?" And uh, and he said, "Well, hey, I, I didn't I didn't make that decision. You know, I, I I'm not the one. I'm just bringing my own guys. I'm not firing you. I'm bringing my own guys. And, and either way." And so I go upstairs and I see Terry Holland, another just really genuine guy. And uh, I said, Coach, uh, Jeff's made, made a decision. He's not going to keep me. I just want to thank you uh, for this opportunity that I've had here at East Carolina. And, and Terry said, John, I, you know, you've done, Coach said, John, you've done a really good job. So many people like you. Uh, it's amazing. You know, we see how hard you work. He's like, I'll create something that you can stay here in the department, but it won't be in coaching. And I said, Coach, I may be back in August. And this is probably April or it's, – it's, it's April. I said, I may back, be back in August, but I'm going to chase this thing as long as I can. So, uh, man, I I take the next few weeks and uh, just start chasing jobs and, and got an interview uh, with, uh, with a couple coaches and driving all over, trying to meet everybody, all these recruiting events. And uh, – Coach, it's going to be a fun book one day, but I, I I couldn't get a job. I mean, I came close a couple times. I thought I had one. I, I had somebody tell me they were going to hire me, and then uh, kind of reneged on it. And uh, so uh, the 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 athletic director job was open at Warren County High, and um, uh, Katie had been helping us. Jillian was less than a year old at this point, uh, so here I am, uh, unemployed with uh, uh, under a one. You know, I got a less than a one year old. And uh, my wife was teaching in Edgecombe County, of all places. She was driving every day. And so I, I sent an interview to go back and interview for my high school job. And I, I left uh, I left Greenville, uh, headed towards Tarboro. I crossed the bridge. Um, man, I forget the highway, 264, I believe. And, and uh, I just turned around. I called him and said, I'm not coming. And I walked back into my house. Um, my wife is sitting there on the couch and, uh, for summer and it's, it's, it's early August at this point. And as a man, like all your responsibility in my mind is to make sure I can take care of my family. But I just told my wife, I just, I broke down in tears and said, I can't do this. Um, it's just not, it's just not for me. And so I decided I, if I didn't get a job coaching, I was just going to work, work kids out that wanted to be uh, basketball players and, and just hustle as much as I could. I, I, I've always known how to hustle. I said, I'll take care of you, but I can't do this. And so she, again, supported me. Um, I, I had just signed up for unemployment in the state of North Carolina because East Carolina was gracious enough to pay us uh, throughout the, the terms of our deal, um, plus the bonuses that we had earned that year. And so I, I've always been appreciative of that. And before I could get my first unemployment check, um, I go to a wedding on a Friday night of all places in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Of all days, a wedding on Friday in Rocky Mountain. Who, who, who does that? And as I'm sitting at the reception, my phone rings, and um, I tell Crystal, this may be a job. I'm going to step outside. I'm just halfway joking. And uh, lo and behold, it was Lavelle Moulton. And one of the requirements to get unemployment was you had to apply for at least two jobs a week. 
And so I had sent, uh, I had a buddy that was supposed to get the job at North Carolina Central with Lavelle. Um, and he, I knew he was going to get the job, but I called him and said, hey, I've got to apply for two jobs a week, so I'm just going to tell you I'm going to send my application in. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you at all. And he said, no problem. And so I did. Well, Lavelle called and says, hey, I didn't even realize you were interested in this job. And uh, the friend ended up being a candidate for a head Division two job as well at the same time. And uh, one of Lavelle's other assistants was interviewing for the same Division two job. So either way, one of those two guys were going to get the Division two job. And the friend was working at Winston-Salem State. <laughs> and so, lo and behold, I go five months without a job. And that weekend, I got offered the Winston-Salem State assistant's job, <laughs> the, the, the St. August assistant's job, because my, my, my buddy got that job. And then Lavelle called and said, hey, I'd like to come to North Carolina Central. North Carolina Central was the only Division One out of those three, and so um, so I decided to take it. And uh, I slept on the locker room floor because school had already started, <laughs> Christmas had already started teaching. We didn't want to rent another place, and uh, man, another significant pay cut on this journey. Um, it was like up and down. It was like stock market. My, my my salaries, and so my income took a. I mean, I took more than a fifty percent pay cut at that point, leaving East Carolina, going to North Carolina Central. And so Lavelle was the only one that knew it, but I slept in my office, which was in the locker room. Uh, from uh, the Monday, the Tuesday after Labor Day until practice started, uh, I think at that point in November. And uh, shortly after practice started, I knew Crystal and Jill would have to start coming to see me, and I didn't want my daughter sleeping in the, uh, the, the floor of the locker room. And so um, I stayed at a, like an extended stay America uh, for the, <laughs> the basketball season. And so I had some very interesting neighbors from week to week, depending on who was in town. And uh, and Crystal stayed in Greenville with uh, with Jillian. Um, and uh, and we made it work that year. And then I was fortunate enough to get her up there after uh, my first year at Central. She came to teaching during public schools for three more years. And Central was making the transition to Division One. We finally got into the MEAC. I believe it was year three. We won more games every year. And uh, our last year, we were loaded. Uh, we went 28-6. and six. Um, You know, an important part of my story is uh, I lost my mother in uh, in the fall of 2013. And uh, a week after a week after uh, my mother was buried, it was my my birthday. Um, we had our first Power Five win. We beat NC State in Raleigh, uh, in North Carolina Central, in overtime. And uh, it was my scout. It was such an emotional day for me. My brother, and my dad, had come up to see the game, and uh, it was awesome. It was it was one of the highlights of my coaching career. Um, just to think that a little school like North Carolina Central had made the jump that. To, to Division One and to beat those guys at their home floor, um, and, and then another part of that week, um, that Friday, uh, the president at Lincoln University of Missouri had uh, come to see. He called him and a colleague. Uh, we had worked together at North Carolina Central. They came to the game. We played Appalachian State. We beat Appalachian State in overtime. And after the game. Uh, a friend that I knew that, that we had worked alongside. He was over the Eagle Club when I was at North Carolina Central. He came over and uh, I said, hey, where's Doc? And he said, well, Doc couldn't make it, but he said to tell you hello. And a few minutes later, Doc, Dr. Kevin Rohn came by. And um, Kevin said, uh, I said, how's life in Jeff City? He was like, you'll know soon enough. And uh, at this point, that's November 22nd of 2013. Um and uh, just to back up a little bit, just for your listeners to understand, you never know a power of meeting somebody. It's probably uh, a year earlier, uh, we were on the schedule to go out to play Indiana. And uh, I get on the bus to leave for a road trip uh, from the gym, and we're waiting on our uh, head coach. And while we're sitting there, it's just this random guy sitting on the bus, and I strike up a conversation. I've never been afraid to talk. <laughs> and um, and this guy and, and our, our ops guy, I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm joking with the guy. I'm laughing. I'm who I am, and uh, and one of our one of our ops guys goes, "Hey, do you know who you're talking to?" I said, "Well, I have no idea, but I'm John Mosley, associate head coach." And he goes, "Well, I'm Kevin Rome, vice chancellor for student affairs." And fast forward less than two years, Kevin becomes the president of a university, and um, gives me an opportunity to come to of all places, Jefferson City, Missouri. When I first heard Lincoln, I always tell the story. I thought it was Lincoln and PA. I had no idea there was there was one in Missouri as well. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, because uh, when I first heard he had took the Lincoln job, uh, I w- immediately went to the uh, internet. And you go, man, their basketball job's not been very good. Uh, maybe I'll have a chance. And then a colleague came in the next day and said, well, Doc's not going to PA. He's going to the one in Missouri. And I said, well, 
Hell, I ain't going to Missouri. <laughs> uh, and less than a year later, my press conference was April 14th to 14th. And I ended up uh, here in, in Missouri, um, got a chance to be a head coach, called you. I was just telling somebody this morning about you um, in, that, in that process. I called you and I said, hey, Doc. I said, hey, coach, uh, basketball hadn't been really good out here. I, I don't know if I should take this job, it's a chance to become a head coach. But I do know the president, and you said, hey, there's only been a couple times or one time really in my career where I could pick up the phone and call the president. And if you've got that ability, you've got a chance to be successful. And so uh, I took your advice. Uh, I, I fell in love with the university. Uh, we're a historically black college. Uh, I feel very comfortable here. Um, and it's, uh, it reminds me of Warren County. I mean, Warren County is a majority-minority community. Uh, I've been very comfortable my whole life around uh, different people. And uh, I don't think a school could fit somebody any more than this school has fit my personality. And I came here just to coach. Um, so I take this job. Crystal comes out with me. And, uh, and we bring Jill out and load the U-Haul up in Durham and, and head, head west, young man. Head 15. I take a left, head, keep straight for 15 hours. You end up right in the heart of Missouri. <laughs> All right. So you finally get your head job. You get a program that was honestly not very good. You get it turned around. Then things happen, and there's an AD situation. But where along the way did you just completely shift gears? Well, my first year uh, out here, uh, man, I, we started the year a little slow. I'm, I'm winning a couple games here and there. I'm like, okay. And uh, we take a road trip, Coach. My first year, we, we first, first first road uh, conference game of the year, we're in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, a place I'd never heard of prior to. We're playing Northeastern State University. And we win the game. And I remember being outside after the game and um, – being a low-resource Division two, you ride with the women's team. They had lost, and we had won, and I'm waiting for my players to get showered and changed, and I'm outside, and I call my dad, my biggest fan ever. I call my dad, and we won our game, and I said, Dad, we got to win. I said, I think we might be all right. And <laughs> we lost the next 19 in a row. And uh, that was a fun time. And, uh, we were really, really competitive. Um the referees, so I later, you know, the longer you coach, the better you get to know them. They were like, man, your first year, you you were, you were competing, your teams were competing, but we would get together. He said, I remember one game, you were up four with about three minutes to play, and there was a timeout, and I told the other ref, like, no, Lincoln's going to Lincoln, kind of like folks used to say, Clemson's going to Clemson. And so, uh, and we did. We ended up losing that game, but we were really competitive that year, so I felt like it, we could get the right players. And, uh, and truly, it goes back to your point about knowing the president. Uh, that summer, that spring, uh, we were involved with a recruit that I thought would change the trajectory of our program. And uh, housing here on campus, the, the young man had been in community college for two years, and he had had his apartment in community college. And uh, we didn't. We, we only had a select number of rooms on our campus that allowed him to have his own bedroom. And so housing wouldn't help me out. And I used that lifeline, Coach. I called the president and said, hey, I've got a chance to get this young man. The president said, give me a minute. He called me back. He said, hey, I just took care of the room. Now you make sure you sign the player. And uh, that player just went in the Hall of Fame this past summer. Um, he ended up being one of the one of the best players ever to play here. But him and some other teammates that really came in and changed the trajectory of this program, uh, it's no secret, the better players, the better coach. And uh, and so those guys, I mean, I for, I'm forever indebted in that team that, that, that decided to give us a shot. Uh, we had the first winning season in 13 years. Uh, just before that year started, uh, the university, I was back in North Carolina on July 4th, and they called me, and that would have been July 4th of 2015. They called, The president called and said, hey, um, I'm making a change in athletic director. Will you serve as interim until homecoming, which is in October? And, uh, again, what do I do? I call you, and I go, hey, coach, what do you think about this? And you go, the best advice I've, I've gotten was if you don't do this, who is going to do this, and how is that going to impact your future? And, man, I was like, I don't need anything else. Yeah, I'll do it. And so I ended up being the AD and the basketball coach. Um, they offered me the permanent position just before the season started. Uh, I knew October would be a crazy month for an AD to take a position. But, uh, but in October, just before practice started, they offered me the permanent position, but I actually turned it down because they told me they couldn't pay me any more than I made as basketball coach. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a numbers guy, and I was making more as the interim than I would have made as a permanent. I said, well, how long can I be interim? And they said, um, there's no timetable. And so fortunately for us, uh, they left me as interim, and we had our first winning season in 13 years. So when, when we came back to the negotiating table in, in April, 
they ended up coming up with a way that they could pay me more. And uh, so I did both jobs for, for six years. I coached here for one uh, alone, and then I ended up being coaching AD for six years. We had the first – we had four consecutive winning seasons for the first time in 40 years, and I credit that to, man, the players. And I've worked with some really talented coaches. Some of them have gone on to be Division One assistants and uh, done really well. Um, and we just we, – we did well. And then one day during that, that four – season winning streak the president that brought me here um says to me hey i want you to get your doctor and i'm like for what and the uh, only doctor i knew was uh 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 there was one coach that had a doctorate and i'm like okay what about this and so um i said i don't need it to be a coach not many ad's have it but okay i'll do it i had been in school at that point i think 18 19 years and um I go through the process. I get admitted to the University of Missouri. We're down in Florida at Disney. I take Jill down there, and uh, Crystal and I, and the president calls me and says, hey, are you by yourself? I said, no. He said, will you step outside? So I do, and he says, hey, I've just taken the job at Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee, and I want you to go with me. And I said, man, congratulations. Let's talk when I get back. And so I finished up the trip to Disney, and I came back, and I, uh, I went to dinner at his house, and I said, hey, I greatly appreciate it. But I'm going to sit this move out. Um, you, you encouraged me to get my doctorate. I just got admitted. I'm going to pursue this and just kind of see where, where things go. And so I kind of rolled the dice and uh, started graduate school. And, and he left and took uh, about four or five guys with him uh, to Fisk. But we were fortunate. We were still winning. And so I got a chance to hang out here and, uh, and continue to build. We had interim president for a year. Um, then I'm just working my way through graduate school while I'm coaching, being an AD, being a dad. Um, it was fortunate because my wife went through the same program. We had class every Wednesday night for two years, and then and then 15 days in the summer we had to go to Columbia every day. Columbia's about 30 minutes from Jeff City, so it's an easy commute. And uh, I, I wrote more than I've written in my entire career uh, to get my doctorate done. Uh, I got my dissertation done. I defended the morning after the Super Bowl. In fact, uh, Lou Hill, who I mentioned earlier, Lou Hill passed away. Um, word broke that that uh, night uh, of the Super Bowl that Lou had passed away, and then I defended my dissertation the next morning um, and passed. And then uh, I technically graduated on May 7th of 2021, and then the university had a change in leadership, and they offered me this position on May 20th of 2021 to be the interim president of a university. And, man, what a... I don't think anybody in Hollywood could write that. <laughs> I, I told everybody it was an incredible story. You know, and so I, I, I mean, I, they called me, um, the, the, it, it kind of came out on a Friday. The board, the, one of the board members had called me to say, Hey, we're having a change of leadership. And, uh, the gym is physically down the hill from, uh, where the, the main campus is. And, and, and they said, and he said, Hey, I, I think we need you to pack your bags and go up the hill. And I said, really? He said, yeah. And he said, we'll talk more. And well, the problem is I'm leaving. Uh, graduation was that weekend. I said, I'm leaving for, uh, for Mexico on uh, Monday morning. And so I was in Mexico with Crystal. We were celebrating. She had completed her doctorate that semester as well. And we were kind of having our own celebration in Cancun. Um, and so I was probably the farthest from anybody's mind. Cause number one, who could, who would ever think a basketball coach would become a president? And number two, being that far out of town, uh, I wasn't here when the rumors were swirling about who would be the interim leader. And so I'm sitting in Cancun when the announcement comes out. Uh, I'd had a, a meeting 30 minutes before with my team to tell them first, and then uh, 15 minutes before to tell the administration in athletics. And then uh, and then the announcement came out. And uh, I landed, uh, that was on a, on a Thursday. When I landed on Friday, uh, I technically took over on Saturday the 22nd and so uh of may in 2021 and uh that was wild walking into the president's office the first day of the interim uh, and now you're responsible for the whole thing um you quickly gain an appreciation for how much how much uh, work it is but uh what a ride 
Yeah, this is uh, this is a story like you said. Hollywood would not make this movie because it's not uh, not possible. Uh, you really couldn't even conjure up this story. But you know, you go from the interim, and now you're the full time person. And uh, and what what an amazing ride it has been for you. I mean, we haven't even talked about academics the entire time, other than your education. We're always talking about heading toward this basketball goal, and then all of a sudden things take a quick turn and uh uh john i you know i couldn't be happier for you i've gotten to to share your journey a little bit and and visit with you along the way and uh and hear some of the challenges and as well as the opportunities and um and i can't thank you enough for your time your insight your friendship and i know a lot of folks have enjoyed listening to your story and i know there's a whole lot more to come from you but uh you know i you know it's a little belated but uh you, you know i've congratulated you along the way and uh uh i i know that uh that you're out there and you're the president of that university but i also know that you'll always be a pirate too yeah you know i, I it's always been a part of me uh to think now uh, i go from looking at stat sheets to, to basically spreadsheets uh to make sure enrollment I mean, we're, we're seeing our second consecutive year of enrollment increases there's a number of people that work really hard uh, I do believe leadership's leadership coach, and I, I think that the lessons that we've learned through through athletics can cross over into many different things. And uh, I'm really, you know, again, I, I've, I've led a, I've lived a, a very blessed life. Um, East Carolina. I mean, I keep up with the Pirates. Uh, I, I wear my. I have to be careful because it, it, I can't wear Mizzou stuff at all because I'm here uh, <laughs> in, in Jefferson City, so it's Lincoln. But I can get away. I wear purple when uh, the Pirates are playing and the Blue Tigers are not playing. Um, my heart is, is certainly in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, I never, I, I've always known that I would know who the athletic director was. I've never known how influential the chancellor of East Carolina could be. And, uh, to, to, to know the job that Chancellor Rogers is doing, I understand the magnitude of the responsibility that he has in a way in which I never would have imagined, uh, prior to, to get being given this opportunity. And so I'm so, so appreciative of him and, uh, Sai Seymour, Greg Pierce. Uh, Brian Medor, you know those guys, <laughs> those guys that we came through with uh, that are still at East Carolina. Um, that that it, it just means so much. I mean, JJ McLam's been a fixture there. Coach O, I mean, you you've you've given me a chance today to go through uh, memory lane, and I and I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. Thanks so much, John. I appreciate you. Thank you, Coach. I want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast, and I want to especially thank Shirley Rose for the great job she does producing the show and covering up all the mistakes I make along the way. Don't forget, I'll be on Pirate Radio Live with Clip Brock, Shirley, and the crew every Tuesday at 3 p.m. And continue to let me know what you'd like to hear about and who else you'd like to hear from going forward. I hope you'll tune in again and tell your friends and family about what we've got going on here at the Pirate Radio Podcast. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.